Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of TheWrongFootball.com and we're here to discuss all things American football again this week. How are you feeling G, all uh, recovered from Christmas? Yeah, good thanks, ready and raring to go. Excellent. Well let's start then with the first piece of news which is uh, kind of breaking news, it just happened last night um, as we're recording this on uh, Wednesday. Um, Chip Kelly has been fired from the Philadelphia Eagles. Quite a strange decision for me. Um, he has been with the team for three seasons. And when they when he came in, they were a four and twelve team, quite a mediocre team, I think it must be said. Um, and he's he's led them to the last two seasons. They've been uh, ten and six. They're now six and nine, third in the NFC East. And they've decided to get rid of him. They've made the choice to get rid of him a week before the end of the season. Um, strange choice. The timing of it is odd. With one game left. And it's just a strange decision. There were some power struggles last season in the back office about who's going to be main player making personnel decisions. And and Chip Kelly sort of won that in that I believe he has like final say on personnel, but it's not like he's actually the GM. There's somebody who's doing like the day-to-day running of a team and the organising. Mm. The problem for me with it, though, is that it's... This is going to me start sounding like a, a broken record, but it speaks to the institu- institutional direction. There's... a a pair of words I can't say but it's just that it seems strange to me that you know during the off season last season they said okay we believe you we're going to give you the handle for this to do to make the, all these personnel decisions there's no denying that he'd certainly grabbed that um, power of both hands and made a lot of decisions yeah absolutely he essentially overhauled their roster and then at the end of this year they say no you're fired because the season didn't go how it's expecting it's great so you've basically allowed someone to reorganise your roster completely and then got rid of him before those changes can really settle in and you're now going to almost doom the next year because there's going to be changes whatever system they put in place in terms of who is in charge of personnel decisions, what the coach wishes want, the coaching staff. It's it's just thrown everything back up in the air. And this yeah. is sort of not the first time the Eagles have had this situation. No, it's a, it's a bit of a strange one for me. It's uh, it, Like you say, it's the timing thing that is, that's bizarre. I don't understand why they didn't... I, I know the, the term they usually use in, uh, in, in the NFL is Black Monday, the Monday after, uh, after week. 17 but uh, it's a very strange one for me that even that they've got rid of him at all like you say generally the amount of changes that he's made and the, the actual changes that he has made are generally going to need an off season perhaps to to gel or a bit of certainly a good a good portion of a, of a, of a season to really gel and really start taking effect but yeah, just a very strange time decision for me. I, I couldn't get my head around it when, when I first saw the, the announcement overnight. I mean, the other thing is that the, you've got the changed quarterback. Sam Bradford's just about beginning to look you know, more settled and playing in the system better. Mm. And you're immediately going to whip that system, which is unlike any other system in the NFL. So I don't think that they're going to have uh, what their next stages are, but you know, you're then going to unsettle him again. And it just it, it's a strange decision for me. Yeah, it is. Well, we'll see where he uh, where he ends up next season. I'm pretty sure that's not the last we'll see of Chip Kelly. I could personally quite easily see him coming to the Dolphins. But uh... I was just about to ask, would you like him at the Dolphins? I mean, bearing in mind that Tannehill has the movement skills that would enable his sort of re-adoption yeah. stuff to actually work. I think it would work quite well with Chip Kelly, personally. I could quite uh, quite easily see him coming. Um, and I don't think that would at all be a bad thing for uh, for the Dolphins. Moving on to uh, the second piece of news we're going to look at uh, this week, then. Um it's a report that I've read um, over the last few days, and it's been on NFL.com. Um, it's, 
In relation to Peyton Manning, Al Jazeera have reported that um, Manning used a human growth hormone uh, when he was rehabbing a neck injury back in 2011. Manning strongly denies it, um, says he's never, never, never used it. It's rubbish, totally made up with the words that he's uh, that he actually used. Um, and the Broncos are quite, quite strongly behind him as well. They're, they're supposedly outraged by the decision as well. It's a funny one because it's you. You do get a bit of uh, you. You don't hear a hell of a lot in terms of doping and that kind of thing from from the NFL. You hear it a little bit in terms of illegal substances, and you you do get people obviously get uh, get game bans and things like that for illegal substances. But in terms of such a such a big player like this, didn't see this coming. I I, I don't personally, if I'm going to make a judgment. I don't think it's true. I'm waiting to hold fire because after the Lance Armstrong thing and how vigorously he denied it for yeah. so long and, and the history of drugs in sport, you, I think you have to take every, every denial with a little bit of salt. But the problem for me in this is that, first of all, I think it's hard to tell how what um, level of drugs is going on in the NFL, but there's no yeah. denying that these players are getting bigger and stronger all the time and they are not signed up to um, Wilder and you're using their guidelines. They're moving in that direction. There was actually a big debate um, because for a while HGH was um, banned in like June of 2011, but it wasn't until 2014 of a lockout and stuff was sorted that they really got a testing regime in yes, place. Yeah. So there's got no real way of, of proving it, but for me, I mean, you've had all kinds of outcries from from commentators and a lot of support from the NFL. Um, people casting aspersions on Al Jazeera, like they're not a well-known news company and, and know what they're doing. But equally, if you begin to pick into this, there's some debate um, in terms of the owners of the practice involved yeah. saying that actually, no, he wasn't there in 2011. He was an intern in 2013, but had nothing to do with it and was giving very precise dates and talking about this being arranged through the college. That's very easily checkable. And what Al Jazeera did was they made a phone call to the practice saying, was he there at these dates after the interview? And so you're almost getting into a journalistic do you have your two sources in place can we trust this guy Mm. Um, he's recanted it already but you know whether that's suspicion you know him going oh word this is all blown up because I don't think there was ever actually a direct accusation because um, the the gentleman called Sly himself was claiming to have sent the HGH to Peyton Manning's wife, which uh, I mean, which seems strange to me just because Peyton Manning is celebrated as a cerebral quarterback, and I'm quite glad I got through that in one go. Um, <laughs> and you would have thought that possibly if he was doing something illegal, he would have chosen a, a slightly more obscure patsy than his wife. But it just... <laughs> It wouldn't necessarily surprise me in that um, he was searching for anything to get, you know, continue his career. This was at the stage where he was going through the fourth surgery and coming off a, a singular spinal fusion, which, yeah. you know, okay, it's only one vertebrae, but that still sounds like pretty nasty in your neck. And I don't know how much is cheating. It seems to me that the things with the team sports is, I think, different to something like um, in athletics or cycling where it, it's all about numbers and against one each other. There's so much coerced um, sort of um, teamwork involved in team sports. It tends to me, the doping tends to be around, yes, a certain amount of power and steroids, but also more about recovery and, and training. And it, it's just, I think we're back into this murky grey area. Um, I'm not sure I trust the, the allegations, but I think there's more work to be done. Um, I it's hard to say anything more just because we've been bitten in the past. I, I, innocent until proven guilty, though. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's, I suppose it should be stressed, like you say, obviously the, the league banned them in, in July 2011. There's nothing to say that this, this happened before or after that, that date of when of when things were banned. So, it, it, I mean, you know, it could quite, quite easily turn out that he'd, if he, if he, for example, had taken them, it was before they were, they were banned anyway. So there's not a lot uh, they would have been able to do anyway. But even so, if this is all well before 2014 when they actually yeah. begun testing, and HGH is one of those ones where you have to do quite a lot of blood work. So I, I have no idea. I'm not familiar enough with the NFL's testing standards and how long they keep onto the samples. But I'm not sure you're going to be in a situation like you have in athletics where they've been able to go back to Olympic samples after the fact several years down the line with enhanced testing things and go, oh, look, suddenly you know all of Russia are banned. Yeah. Well, I think we'll have to uh, see how this one pans out. It's uh, it's a, a developing story, and we'll, uh, we'll of course, uh, bring you up to date if anything else does emerge. Right, well, week 16 is now in the books, and uh, we kicked off the uh, the week this week with uh, the San Diego Chargers taking on the Raiders while uh, St. Nick was uh, on his way down your, uh, down your chimney. These two were uh, were playing a game of football. It needed overtime this game. It was quite a uh, quite a quite a good game. Um, I thought personally, uh, the, the end. The final score was twenty three twenty to the uh, the Raiders. I thought personally, right up until the fourth quarter, the Chargers absolutely looked like the best team for for most of the game, and they were quite badly hurt by a decision to. Well, they they had a field goal. Uh, they they got the field goal, but during the uh, the play there was a there was a penalty. I think it was a holding call um, on the Oakland Raiders, um, and they decided to go to 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 go for it and and kind of take the uh, the five yards and the and the first down. So they took those those three points off the board um, and didn't end up making anything of that uh, of 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 that drive. Bit of a mistake. Yeah, but it's one of those ones that's easy in hindsight to say, and I'm not sure you'd ever at the time go, ooh, that's a bad decision. Um, there's some argument to say if you've got points on the board, take them. But if you've got a chance for a touchdown, I, I think it's one of those ones where if it, if it comes off, they pra- praise it as a brave decision. And I think one of those ones that you always have to be a little bit careful after the fact of criticising too much. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I Personally, um, from, from my point of view, I would say don't take the points off the board. But yeah, I absolutely see what what they were trying to do, um, and like you say, I think it would have been viewed as an absolutely absolutely the right thing to do had they had they got that touchdown. But uh, yeah, they they didn't, and it uh, it, it ended up uh, biting them in the arse a little bit, and uh, they ended up going to overtime and losing by a field goal. I'd need to look at the figures, but basically, for a decision you might take there, it kind of depends on your record in the red zone. And yeah. if you've got a good record, then you trust yourself to score a touchdown. And if you don't, then it's more of a shaky decision to take the points off the ball. Well, looking at the uh, individual players, was nobody that I would say particularly had a, had a standout individual performance. Um, Dontrell Inman uh, probably had, did probably the best, eighty-two receiving yards, eight catches, but. The Raiders were quite heavily penalised. They had 16 penalties, um, 121 yards. I know I bang on most weeks about uh, heavily penalised teams, but 121 yards uh, worth of penalties. I really think the Chargers should have, should have capitalised personally. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. I think Oakland hung in and they were all desperate to win one for um, Woodson in his last home yeah. game. So they, was, they were definitely trying to work for that. But actually, when you're talking about, although not necessarily an individual performance, um, I was impressed with a um, Chargers line that have struggled all season, mostly through injury, but they've not been playing well. And they kept Khalil Mack quiet. I, I spent quite a lot of the game watching the lines because that's what I do. Well, you do. Yep. And, you know, Khalil Mack is, is a very promising player. But, for, you know, there was no repeat performance of, of his domination against the Broncos and they did they did a good job and yeah in the end 
they just didn't score enough points in the second half and the Raiders were able to pull themselves back into it and there's been a slight drop off I would say in Derek Carr's performance he's still very promising and I wouldn't be worried about it but he's not finishing the season strong no but we um, in, in something that will become quite a uh Quite a quite a repeating factor, I think this uh, this week. Uh, we both picked the Ra- uh, Raiders, and they were both wrong. Um, I think all of the the four games that we watched uh, this week, we were uh, we, we picked wrong on. Um, the second game was uh, the Colts at the Dolphins. Um, the game ended eighteen twelve to the uh, to the Colts. Really, quite a bad start to the, uh, from the Dolphins. Um, hit really hard in quarter one. A uh, couple of defensive penalties, a safety against them as well. G's favourite. Not great. Not a great performance. Although, although I've, I think Tannehill looked all right. Interesting. I mean, my problem is that I, I didn't have a chance to watch this game, so I, I've got questions right. for you rather than for knowing exactly what's going on. <laughs> but um, yes, yay safety. But um, it's just hard that you've got one touchdown in the game. The Colts are so beaten up. How worried are you by this loss? Yeah, quite worried. Um, they are, like you say, they are really beaten up. Matt, Matt Hasselbeck. I think it's three games in a row he's gone off with it with a, a shoulder injury. Um, he's clearly not in, not in a, in a fit state to be playing up to the, to the standard he wants to play. Uh, I think they've they've gone and signed a couple of, of free agent. Uh, quarterbacks this week haven't they yeah Josh Freeman is suddenly back in the NFL after nearly a whole season now um yeah I mean bless him Matt Hasselbeck is looking every bit the 40 years old he was you know meant to be a backup and helping Andrew Luck with the mental preparation not game here or there okay he can do a job as he proved earlier in the season but this consistent run behind that bad line and it's just yeah going very hard for him even that third the third string quarterback who played most of the game whose name absolutely escapes me and I'm going to be kicking myself about um, even he uh, looked a bit injured at one point. I thought he was. I thought he was going to be down. I thought they were going to have. I didn't know who they were going to have throwing the ball. Charlie against, Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus the, was. Um, yeah, in an, and now on injured reserve and out for the rest of the year. Hence why they're signing more backups. It's yeah, yeah. It's not good. It wasn't a great game, but I think the last it really came alive in the last sort of five minutes or so. Um, it all came down to one drive for the Dolphins. We had right at the end of it had less than ten yards to go. A uh, couple of goes at it, um, and oh, the O line just. Absolutely crumbled, and and Tannehill got sacked about three or four times throughout this game. One of which was at the uh, that crucial point right towards the end. Yeah, not looking good. Not looking good for the Dolphins. We definitely yeah. need strength. And I'm just line. looking at the breakdowns. Couldn't doesn't look like you were able to establish to run Lamar Miller no. going for something like two yards a carry. Yeah, JJ nine carries for 23 yards. Not much better. It was um, and Tannehill got some nice yardage figures and a good run by the looks of it. But yeah, yeah. throw an interception and and. I think this team is just ready for the off season and and whoever's going to be taking over next year. I think we can't wait. The only uh, positive from the game was that catch. If you've seen one uh, clip of this game this week, I would imagine it's probably the Jarvis Landry catch. I the, I uh, am aware of it. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but um, I did I did see a headline somewhere, so I'm assuming I need to check this out. Absolutely, he's making up for the fact that Odell Beckham wasn't playing, so he uh, he, he thought, oh well, I'd better do the uh, the falling backwards one-handed catch, and he and he did it. Was it was fantastic? It was absolutely absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, it was one of the one of the few positives of the game, I think. But again, um, we both picked the Dolphins, and we're both wrong on that one. The third game this week was the uh, Patriots Jets. This was an exciting game. Overtime victory for the uh, for the Jets looked like they absolutely should have taken control early on for me. Um, 
but they they needed to uh, they they ended up crumbling a little bit. Pressed the self destruct button towards the end of the game, and uh, it needed to go to uh, to overtime. Lots and lots of yards for the Jets. The runners did really well. Um, three runners with over thirty yards, um, including Bilal Powell with fifty six. Um, through the air, Brandon Marshall, 115 yards. He, obviously, he's off to the Pro Bowl. Um, fantastic season he's had so far. Um, yeah, I think I think the uh, the Jets look really good. The Jets look really good. Um, the Patriots looked a combination of injury and just you know bad situations. You can't run the ball on the Jets' defense. They're just really, really strong. Yeah. Um, and the line, you know, towards the end of the game was just falling apart, and Tom Brady was just getting hit all around the place. Um, and you could see, you know, one or two points where he sort of almost ducked early, but you can't blame him because because the Jets were just coming through without too much exotic pressure, and it was just, yeah. For, they got enough done on offense. Um, it was an, a curious decision. I'm still not sure what's going on in terms of there's a lot of back and forth, and I'm not going to criticize Belichick because he's done so much and is clearly the best football coach in the NFL. But um, the the whole um, not being able to um, receive or the choose to defer yeah. and so having to 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 and selecting to kick for the second half and there was no real wind and I think he just knew that the the offense was struggling. He was hoping to stop them with the defense, mm. win the turn, you know, the field position battle, kick a field goal and go home and didn't even get a chance to do that. Yeah, well, another uh, another game, good game for uh, for Gronkowski as well. Eighty six yards, only four catches, but eighty six yards for those those four. Um, one player who didn't it didn't look bad, but one one area I think he needs to work on. Ryan Fitzpatrick made a few. He did make a few deep passes. Um, one in particular that uh, that comes to, springs to mind the the Marshall. I think it was seventy one yards, something like that. Um, deep pass, but quite. He went for quite a lot of deep of deep balls, and a lot of the time was was quite ineffective. Yeah, um, it, those long shots did keep getting missed. But how much? It, it's hard to know what's going on with the timing of that without being there in practice. But yeah, you need to connect with more of them. Five yeah. or thirteen he made. So, so you know, it wasn't massively efficient. Um, Twenty six forty one overall, but he got the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And they, like you say, they they picked up the win. It was a, a good win for them. They desperately needed it to uh, to obviously keep in that uh, in that playoff hunt, and it looked like they're they're going to make it depending on what happens uh, this week they could be playing the Bengals in that uh, in that wildcard week but uh, I'm not ready to discuss it yet <laughs> are you not <laughs> well the Bengals are the the fourth game the Bengals against the uh, the Broncos uh, he seamlessly uh, segues into um, the Broncos beat the uh, the Bengals uh, by 20 points to 17 um, in this uh, in this game again it was another overtime win three out of the four games we watched this week were overtime one so uh, yeah spent plenty of time watching the football it's a good job it was Christmas week um, you, you took control again another team that took control quite early on uh, I thought was the Bengals you, I think you did uh, did quite well early doors I think you you were winning by two touchdowns at one point but couldn't couldn't hold on to it yeah um, it was really I was kind of disappointed we um, got an interception in the first half and missed a field goal and that mm. would have put us up 17-0 which looks yeah. a bit different and then they get the late field goal but the real pr- problem was that we just they, they, the shifts at half time and, and the offence seemed to dry up and couldn't quite make the same plays and keep the ball moving. That defence of um, the Broncos, which is really good, um, mm. stiffened and, and made some adjustments and played much better. And then they were able to get the offence going and, and pulled it back and just, yeah, were able to um, kick the field in overtime. You're thinking, oh, here's a chance. And then uh, sort of an almost typically Bengsley thing, although I don't want to <laughs> um, pick on McCarron too much. But yeah, you know, you suddenly get this horrible, you know, fumbled shotgun snap and suddenly the game's over mm. and it's just, Oh, 
it was kind of heartbreaking. We were tightening it. I was always worried about going to Denver with that defense and and two teams with good defenses, backup quarterbacks, and it was a tight sort of gritty, somewhat times ugly, but always exciting game. Yeah, well, we've talked about Osweiler before um, quite a lot this uh, this season so far. Obviously, uh, covering for uh, for Manning again, did a, did another really good job. Two hundred and ninety nine yards, did uh, twenty seven completions. Um, the only thing for me that made me maybe laugh a little bit was when he had a run and he looked like Bambi on ice. Uh, he looked like he could go at any moment, but uh, a good a good performance from him. In fairness, he's like six foot five, six foot six, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and he's a pocket quarterback. He's not necessarily a natural athlete. Although I think he did play basketball at uni, so you know he, he's yeah. clearly a decent player. But yeah, it was he's he's he doesn't exactly look like Michael Vick in his pomp when he breaks out the pocket, does he? No. And on your side, uh, you, you you're obviously missing Dalton. Um, I, I didn't think uh, AJ McCarron was too bad, but you, you did did certainly favour the run game. Uh, yeah, I've, I, again, I think we were relying a little bit too much on on the run game just because when when he's passed the ball, he's looked quite successful. He's still young, mm. so made a couple of mistakes, but you know didn't throw an interception. Croft has been an able deputy, but you know I'd like to see Eifert back in the game, but waiting again, sort of a neck injury, stroke concussion. You just wait for him to come back. And I mean, the big thing for me was I was really hoping that the Bengals could win because that. You know, would keep you know would almost guarantee to buy. I think um, just yeah, because because on record sure. and and just waiting for Dalton back. You you want as long as possible to give him a chance to get back and play. And now it looks like it's probably wildcard weekend. And and can we actually win with the backup quarterback to give Dalton a chance? Uh, well, again, this was another one we both uh, picked the Broncos on and were both wrong. Um, so let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the games. Just just week. before we do, I'd just like to point out that we see in your seamlessly link, you seem to have glossed over the fact that I had the Jets in the Jets-Patriots game and you had the Patriots, so I actually did pick up a win on you there. You did, absolutely, yeah. That was one that uh, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd missed when I was, uh, was going through. Yes, you're absolutely right. You did pick up a win on that one. Um, I mean, we both had rotten weeks. We were both 6-10. and 10. We, we exchanged separate wins, and, and in, in our defences, you're about to find out, it was a week of um, upsets in the NFL, week 16. Mm. It absolutely was. Well, uh, Boxing Day saw uh, Kirk Cousins put on a show for the uh, Redskins, and uh, <clears throat> believe it or not, Washington actually claimed the top spot in the NFC East uh, with a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they won 38 points to 24. Uh, the Detroit Lions picked up a big win on Sunday over the San Francisco 49ers. They won by uh, 32 points to 17 to make it 6-9 for the season with one game to go. Uh, who would have thought that they'd have uh, got that record back in Week 8? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, didn't do themselves any favours this week with a play in the playoff chase uh, with a loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the final score in that one was 20 points to 17. In Buffalo, Dallas Cowboys lost for the third time in a row to the Bills. Uh, in, the, in their game, it finished 16 points to 6. Uh, both the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears came out of Week 16 at 6-9 for the season. Difference, though, is that Tampa Bay are on a three-game losing streak. Uh, this week, they lost to the Bears by 21 points to 26. And the streak is finally over in Carolina. Uh, the Panthers lost this week to the Falcons, who picked up a very well-deserved victory, uh, winning 20 points to 13. The Texans have all but claimed the AFC South this year. Uh, Sunday saw them win by 34 points to 6. They visited the Tennessee Titans. Another team who clinched uh, playoff football was the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember them? Uh, the team who were 2-5 and five going into the game at Wembley in Week 8. Uh, the Cleveland Browns pushed them close in the week, uh, this week, though. Uh, the final score was 17 points to 13. The Jaguars and the Saints met in New Orleans on Sunday. Uh, the Saints emerged victorious in this one, uh, winning by 38 points to 27. 
Uh, the Cardinals picked up a convincing victory in Arizona, making a good uh, Green Bay Packers side look pretty poor in the process. Uh, they won by 38 points to 8, and on Carson Palmer's birthday too. Uh, the Rams are turning into a bogey team for the Seattle Seahawks, who beat them again. Uh, many people are saying that the, uh, well, were saying that the uh, Seahawks were a shoe in for the Super Bowl this year, but the Rams won this week by 23 points to 17. And in the late game on Sunday night, in temperatures of minus 9 degrees, uh, the Vikings warmed themselves up by keeping their offence really busy. Uh, they beat the Odell Beckhamless uh, New York Giants by 49 points to 17. Um, like you say, a couple of uh, some, some quite big disappointments, or up, not disappointments, upsets this week uh, in terms of the uh, the results. Looking at a couple of points, we've talked about him quite a bit this uh, this this year. We had a uh, a whole a whole section on him in, uh, in in an earlier podcast. Ryan Mallett, uh, former Texan, started for the Baltimore Ravens and actually did a really really serviceable job. Um, helped them to uh, helped them to win this week. It's sort of showing the infrastructure there in Baltimore. They saw a chance yeah. to take a look at a quarterback. Um, they back their locker room to you know not be affected by his nonsense and wanted to take a look see to see if um there was something useful there or you know just how bad it was for themselves and it paid off for them so uh, it did. yeah curious to see if he if he catches on or you've got to think that maybe that performance he might have just rescued his career there yeah i absolutely agree i think uh, he looks like he uh, he could do quite well for them um and i mentioned it in the uh, in the roundup but uh, someone actually won the nfc east and the the the, uh, the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, are going to uh, going to the uh, to the uh, wild card week with a with uh, after winning the, the the division that nobody looked like they wanted to win. You like that? <laughs> I actually um, watched this game because um, I was curious anyway, and um, Saturday night football it sort of fitted into my uh, um, um, weekend plans. So, and when the game started, the Eagles marched down the field, and after that, first and scored a touchdown, and you thought, oh. We've got ourselves a game here, but um, in the end, the Washington defense looked really good. The passing attack for the um, for Washington has really come on, um, just in terms mm. of now that they've got... And I'm having a moment because, uh, yes, Deshaun Jackson. I, I was having a moment of which ex-Eagles player was where. But yeah, <laughs> uh, with Deshaun Jackson and um, Pierre Garçon um, working as receivers, along with um, Alfred Morris... Um, out the backfield and their tight end Jordan Reed who's really come on in recent weeks and um, you know yeah. Reed had over um, 120 yards off um, nine receptions and caught two touchdown balls their passing game has really sort of come alive in the last few weeks and they've sort of rounded at the right time to become the best team in the division Anything else you picked up on this week you want to uh, touch on? Uh, I wanted to mention the there was a wonderful play in the Rams-Seahawks game. A video worth looking up on the NFL.com if you get a chance. For some reason, um, Johnny Hacker, the punter for the Rams, decides at the end of a play to um, give um, Cliff Averill, of all people, um, a bit of a shove and knocks him over. It wasn't too much in it. I think he almost like shoved him possibly as a joke, but um, yeah. it all backfired horribly on, the, on his next punt when first Cliff Averill comes after him once the ball's gone, and then Michael Bennett does the same. Um, the Seahawks are being typically Seahawks about it, or at least Bennett is, who you know is going after um, a reputation of being one of the angrier men in the NFL, was um, <laughs> busy calling him a coward and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's quite amusing to watch if you get the chance. <laughs> So it's our time to take a look at what G's been looking at this week on the blog and what he's been writing about. So uh, without giving too much away, um, you, one of the things you had a look at uh, in terms of the coaching tape was uh, the matchup between Odell Beckham and uh, Josh Norman. Um, it's one of those that I think you'd pointed out way before the game happened, and obviously it turned out to be quite a uh, quite a 
um, a, a, what's the word? Feisty. Uh, yeah, quite a feisty one. Um, what, what did you think about it? Um, I was curious. You were mentioned you were going to take a look at this game, and I don't know if you had a chance because I was watching I the coaching chance. tape. So yeah. um, the thing for me is that I'm missing the sort of game flow aspect of what was going on in between the plays because there was a lot of talk about you know how the coaches should have stepped in or the refs, and it was remarkable they got through the game. And certainly that, that that the head-to-head hit that that got him the ban was mm. you know I think I'm still think he's slightly lucky to only get the one. But um, in terms of the actual game film, they weren't on each other that much the interesting thing is obviously as a receiver he's moved around the formation quite a lot by the Giants there um, trying to line up at different places in scheme a moment open so it's not like he's always sort of like the X receiver on one side and going and running the same routes he's, he's moving around the formation and the Panthers did a little bit of shadowing but for a lot of the game they play more zone than man Mm. And so you sort of a lot of the hype has been about Josh Norman as a lockdown sort of um, corner, and there's a lot of talk in the matchup. But actually, it's a bit like the Richard Sherman. But again, they played a different form of zone. They've got so many good pass coverage players, both in the secondary and the linebackers, that um, players get passed more. And so it's not quite the free deep zone that you see Seattle play, where um, the corners almost playing man coverage and just dropping back. It, it's more yeah. you'll see him shadow a receiver through his own but you know they'll pass very smoothly onto a Luke Keekley or, or Davis in the linebackers or onto the safety and it, it's a different formation but he's a really really good corner he moves well um, he, he you know he's big and he's got that range like Sherman so he can get his hands on balls and interfere, interfere with passes and it's just the, the thing that struck me was that it might have been Norman that instigated it and got into his head but he was being chippy with others and the other thing that I sort of picked up on was once or twice in the run game he'd he'd sort of like barge almost into a into a safety or, or whoever he was designated blocking with his shoulder sort of coming across the formation and there was one run in the second half where he actually sort of locked up his, his player and turned him properly so it's, it's not that he can't block but it, it no. just seemed yeah he, you could tell his head was not in the game and, and it was chippy on both sides but you can see the talent and he is such a fluid athlete and, and, and good with those catches but um, there's a lot of people who seem to want uh, Beckham to be the best receiver it's like hold on he's essentially just about to finish his first full season because he only played sort of half the games last year because of a hamstring injury and there are a lot of very good receivers you know he's not Antonio Brown um, for me he, he's good and he has a potential to be one of the greats but you know let's just cool our bits a little bit and enjoy those amazing catches but he hurt his team no more so from the fact that he couldn't play in this game is there anything you've got to, uh, your eye on to, to write about this week over New Year um, I'm having a moment because I swear that I picked, I had an idea for coaching tape to watch, and I'm having a complete moment as to what the hell it was. I think I'll be writing a little bit with the year coming to end uh, as to um, sort of summaries of seasons, um, possibly picking up on the Chip Kelly firing. I had half an idea, but I need to sit down and work it out, and I do need to pick some coaching tape, and I'm not sure what yet. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something. Well, uh, for all that and much more, make sure you check out the blog this week at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Right, we're going into week 17 now, the final week of the uh, the, the full season. Um, obviously, uh, this will be the final week of the proper picks because uh, the picks don't run during the uh, uh, the postseason. We'll still obviously be making our uh, our picks as we go uh, go forward in uh, in future weeks. But going into week 17, uh, G is on 125 and I am on 116. Uh, we both scored six. 
Uh, I think it was six and ten for us this uh, this week, wasn't it? Not a very good week for either of us. Well, it's uh, straight into uh, Sunday's games because there's no Thursday game this week. The first game uh, this week we've got is the uh, Falcons hosting the Saints uh, in Atlanta. Four and a half points taken off the Falcons on this one. Uh, what do you think? I, th- I, I think the Falcons are probably going to get this. I don't exactly trust the Falcons, um, but they got the win against the Panthers. Um, the Saints have been so up and down can't trust their defense drew Brees's foot injury didn't seem to hamper him last week at all so i think i'm going to go with the falcons but uh, um i just wonder if the saints might cover mm, you might be right we'll have to uh, we'll have to see uh second game a uh, big one for the uh, for the new york jets jets against the bills uh it looks like they're probably going to be uh, good enough to uh, their record's going to be good enough to get into the uh, the playoffs this year uh 10 and 5 they're at at the minute but yeah they they they're going to the bills uh bills get a two and a half point head start what do you reckon i think the jets should win um looking at what's just happened and the fact that the bills just keep finding ways to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties yeah. along with the defense not quite functioning how it should and uh, and the offense missing Shady McCoy. I I just think yeah the Jets could take it. Yeah, I think I think I agree on that one. I think I'm going with the Jets with you as well. Uh, third game, Detroit Lions against the Bears. Um, I I I think this is going to be a surprisingly good game. This one. Um, I think both teams want to finish on a on a relatively positive note. They've all been both been kind of up and down. They're both on six and nine. Um, one and a half points head start given to the Lions. I think they are going to have this one. I think, yeah, this is going to be a very different game, I think, um, next year. Obviously, division rivals, but um, yeah. the thing for me is that the Lions are sort of everything's up in the air. We don't know what's going on with GM, whereas the Bears are building something. Uh, mm. What the Lions do have at the moment, though, is that Jim Bob Cooper seems to have really helped their offense, and um, Matthew Stafford has been already been out campaigning for him that you know he really likes him. So it will be interesting to see what the Lions do in the off season, and I think I think I fancy them to win this one. I'm I'm definitely going to go with the Lions on this. I think um, the the next game is your game. Uh, Bengals hosting the Ravens. Uh, seven and a half points given to the to the Ravens, so it's a touchdown in a bit. Oh. Before this week, I'd have probably easy, quite easily said the Bengals would have would have done this. But if Mallet goes on and carries on and plays again like he did last week, I, I think they might give you a game. John Harbour is a very good coach. With Mallet suddenly giving them an offense, yeah, I've, I'm hoping the Bengals should win and 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 they they really do with a win because there's still a chance if the um, Broncos do the decent thing and lose their last game for for the Bengals to get a bye. But I think it's going to be tighter than eight points. It has to be said. I think you're right. I don't think they'll uh, they'll they'll do it by by as many as eight. Um, the poor old Browns. Poor old Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're facing the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in their last game of the season this uh, this week. Uh, Steelers uh, could still do playoffs, um, so they they they've obviously got something to, uh, uh, to to play for in this one. They need things to go wrong for them. I'm fairly certain that the Chiefs are in, but the Jets need to lose, and then other things yes. go their way because it's to do with strength of schedule. But I, the Steelers can do it, and so they will be motivated. Um, Cleveland, Johnny Manziel's being evaluated for a concussion. Um, it's just such a mess that I think uh, I think the Steelers probably bounce back. Oh, I didn't know about he was being uh, being looked at for a concussion, and they haven't got that much in the way of backup at quarterback. Uh, Oh, I was going to go with the Browns because I think the nine and a half points might be a bit much, but I don't know now. 
I might have to have a think. I'm sorry, I've broken your brain, haven't I? You have, yeah. You've 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 put me in knots now. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to have a think. Um, next game is the uh, Washington Redskins playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Two and a half points taken off the Cowboys. There's only one way this is going for me. Yeah, I think um, Washington. I mean, they don't need to win this game. They've they've, they've got the division tied up, and so they might rest some starters. But the Cowboys have just placed um, Des Bryant on IR because he's got yeah. a problem with his ankle and his foot, and they're just a mess, aren't they? So yeah, I think yeah. Washington should win. Yeah, it's going to be the it's going to be uh, Washington that one. Um, Titans Colts again Colts another team who have got stuff to play for it doesn't look great for them um, I know you're an optimist Dan and you pick the Dolphins every week but it's something like a <laughs> 1 in 3,000 chance they need an awful lot of things to go right ok the first thing happened in that the um, Bengals lost to the Broncos but there's an awful lot of other dominoes that need to fall for them to get in um, yeah. this is going to be an unwatchable game isn't it whoever's playing quarterback at the Colts versus the Tennessee yeah, Titans and I'm not sure the Colts should be six and a half favourites against anybody. The Titans, though, obviously, they've got Mettenberg at quarterback. They're not winning games. I think the Colts will probably win. It's just whether they'll win by seven. Oh, I really don't like that at all. But I might no. have to back the Colts, given how badly the Texans beat them. But yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I might wait and see who looks like they're going to start and what. Yeah, well, either way, I don't think it's going to be great for the Colts, but no. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Colts for now, but we'll we'll see. Um, Dolphins, of course, I'm going to go for the Dolphins against the Patriots, despite the fact we're probably going to get absolutely our asses handed to us. Uh, nine and a half points given to us on this one. Um, what, what? Let me guess. Are you going to go for the Patriots? I'm not sure, just oh. because Belichick has a history of resting people. Um, Amendola was was kept out of this game. Um, Gronkowski got some big runs, but he wasn't used a lot, and he certainly wasn't running routes over the middle. Um, no. Tom Brady got beaten up a lot with his line problems, and could you not see um, Indominus Sue just going mental at the last game of the season and tearing that, you know, troubled um, line into bits and causing problems, and, and and maybe if not winning, then at least keeping it vaguely respectable in a divisional game. I'd love them to. I'd absolutely love that to happen. What is but... the history? Are the Dolphins one of those ones where they do it pluckily and, and surprise people against the Patriots, or do you lie down and have your tummies tickled? Uh, we generally uh, beat them once and lose once each season, um, so it's a bit 50-50. And you just lost against them earlier, didn't we you? We lost so against them earlier in the season. There's part of me that, that, that wants to join you um, on Dolphins Island yet again, um, and this hasn't gone well. <laughs> It's not. It's, I've been on it all season. It's not gone well. So uh, yeah, not great. Um, another uh, divisional game. This is uh, the loser of this game uh, gets the the honour of playing uh, at, at Twickenham next year. Uh, Giants Eagles. Uh, two and a half points favourites are the Giants. Uh, I think they're going to do this. I'm. I'm not sure. I think. I think they will, but you can't exactly trust them. And the thing is, I'm not sure about with the Eagles because I get the feeling I'm not entirely sure that Chip Kelly was disliked in the locker room. It seems a curious no. firing to me. But you so often see a sort of. You sometimes see a coach bounce when the, when they have an interim mm. head coach. Obviously, the Titans do. P- picked up a little. Um, Dolph- Dolphins won the first first two games with Campbell. Yeah, it does help when you're playing the AFC South and you've got your new head coach. That's um, a point. But, yeah, I think you've got to just bat the Giants. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Texans, looks like they 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 should win their uh, their division. Uh, 
they're playing against the the Jaguars. Uh, they're six and a half point favourites on this. Uh, I think they're going to go for it, aren't they? I'm going to I'm going to go with the Texans. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that points total makes me wonder, just because the Jacksonville offense has been really quite impressive for a lot of the season. For two, Allen's uh, 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 really good, and Allen um, Robinson is, is one of the players that you can make a case has been snubbed for the Pro Bowl, but that's a whole separate debate. Um, but the Texans' defense has been playing really well. The offense has been doing enough. I, I think you back the Texans, but it would not surprise me if the Jaguars went and did something Jaguarsy and just did enough to keep to get competitive, if not win. Yeah. Uh, well, the next game is uh, Broncos Chargers. Eight and a half point favorites. The Broncos. Uh, I'd like to think it's going to be the Broncos, but that eight and a half points is what I'm not sure on. I am obviously going to be supporting Phil Philip Rivers and his mighty Chargers as much yeah. as possible. Um, of course you will. But I think that's a ludicrous line, just because the Broncos haven't beaten anybody convincingly this season because the offense doesn't chime like that. I don't see them exactly. as nine points better, even in the Chargers, even at home. I could be horribly wrong, but I just fancy the Chargers to cover that. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that's uh, and that's what I'm going for, Chargers. Um, Chiefs Raiders, what do we think there? Um, I, I shall refrain from singing um, Chief <laughs> chants, uh, <laughs> but I suspect that they will win out in this one. Raiders have uh, been a bit hit and miss over the last few weeks in offense. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward to going through, and I, I think it was this in this week's column that I was talking about the fact that um, the good thing for them is that they've, they've got a young nucleus which they've built through the draft in the last couple of seasons what with um, Khalil Mack Derek Carr Amari Cooper um, there's a good nucleus there and I think they'll push on but yeah a, a season early and I think the Chiefs are on such a hot roll at the moment that they will um, cover this one yeah I think you're, I, I think you're probably right um, Rams 49ers I can't see this going anywhere other, other than, than, than a, a Rams win they're three and a half point favourites but what, what do you reckon I think the Rams are going to finish eight and eight and have a five and one division in their record. Yeah, I think <laughs> which you're is right. kind of incredible when you look at the fact that they're in a division with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. But um, mm. the, the I haven't watched a game this week, but the offense seems to be functioning better over the last few weeks with the fired coordinator, and it, it may be that Jeff Fisher keeps his job for another year. And I'm not sure I would have said that a couple of weeks ago when he fired him. Well, speaking of the the, the, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, uh, they play each other this week. Um, six and a half point favourites, the Cardinals. I'm struggling with this. I sort of love both these teams. Um, I'm impressed by some of the stuff that Pete Carroll's done in terms of writing about his philosophy, and I think that um, the defence isn't the same, but it, it's doing okay. And they had problems last week, but... Um, It'd be really interesting to see what showed up for the pro- with the Seahawks in last week against the Rams was the fact that their line is still not great, and so they mm. were able to um, sack and pressure Russell Wilson a lot. And the Cardinals love to blitz. I like watching yeah. the Cardinals blitz. I like watching their offense. Um, this is definitely a game I will be watching this week, and I think it'll be a cracker one. And I think the Cardinals might cover. I think the Cardinals are truly terrifying. I, I, I'll probably go for the Cardinals, but mm, I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, Panthers, who are obviously coming off that uh, that fourteen game winning streak, um, they've only lost one, so it's not a, not a big thing. Uh, play the Buccaneers, uh, ten and a half point favourites, which I think is too much. 
I'm probably going to go for the Buccaneers. I'm in two minds. I suspect you were right just because it's the last game in the season and I'm not sure what they'll be doing in preparation for the playoffs. But they yeah. know that they'll have a bye. So I suspect that they might want to um, finish strongly. And the Buccaneers have not been good over the last couple of weeks. They were they, they were pushing towards an unlikely, if not playoff appearance, and at least challenging for the wild card. And just over the last few weeks, the, the offense hasn't quite clicked. The defense hasn't quite worked right. And they're not finishing strongly. And it, there's sort of you would want I think if you're a, a Bucks fan for them to be building momentum towards next season they don't seem to be doing it just now so no. I just wonder whether the Panthers might manage to cover I'm going Buccaneers I, I, I'm not sure but you know if I match all your picks I win this week <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point oh yeah damn um, final game of the season uh, regular, regular season uh, game of the season uh, is a uh, divisional clash uh, it's always a big one this one uh, Vikings Packers uh, it's at Lambeau. Uh, they're three and a half. Oh, the Packers are three and a half points uh, favourites. Uh, oh, I'm still going to go Vikings. I think Vikings. Except I'm not sure. There's been a lot of discussion about this game, which is going to be interesting because basically whoever loses um, gets to go and play Washington in Washington. Whilst the yeah. winner gets to face the Seahawks at home, hmm. so it's a real, real. Who have wants to win this game, and what is your benefit? Um, yeah. I think that the Vikings might win it because the Packers. I mean, they just all sorts of protection problems last week. Um, yeah, we knew. I, I'm one of the reasons I'm so interested about the Seahawks Cardinals game is I'd like to see what happens with that defense against a team that isn't having the protection issues the Packers are. But yeah, they've been carried to where they are by an exceptional quarterback who's having to make a lot of difficult plays because of the construct of their offense and I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to pull it off um, against the Vikings except having said that it's in Lambeau but then Teddy Bridgewater's been looking a lot you know okay in the passing game over the last few weeks I'm leaning Vikings but I'm still umming and ahhing well uh, let's see if I can manage to pick up the was it eight games I can't remember what we're on that that I I need this week I think it's something like nine yeah nine games I somehow uh, suspect I won't I felt that one way up here well that's it for episode 11 of the Wrong Football Podcast I hope you've enjoyed listening Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 12 looking back at all of week 17's games and ahead to wildcard week in the meantime remember to subscribe to the podcast Uh, follow us on Twitter at Wrong Football get involved in a bit of banter on the TWF Facebook page check out the blog at thewrongfootball.com if there's anything you want us to discuss next week please drop us an email uh, to TWFpodcast at Outlook.com Have a great new year Thank you very much For listening to us this year And we will see you next week I'm so excited